Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. I just adopted a new best friend, and I'm looking for a Toyota so we can make the most out of summer. With a new RAV4, you can take your pup for a drive up the coast. You can take a Prius to the park. Or you can take a Tundra to kayak at a remote lake. One problem, Jan. Oh? My new best friend's a cat. Your summer starts here, but it all ends June 3rd. Toyota, let's go places. Dealer inventory may vary, so you're participating Toyota dealer for details. Visit your front-range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It is Wednesday and a happy hump day it is as the Avs won, but that also means you're running out of time to get in on the WGT closest to the whole challenge for this week. You still got to get in there to win either your free DNVR shirt or a gift card to a local restaurant and also get entered in for the grand prize for your ticket this week. All you have to do is go to freewgt.com to download World Golf Tour. One of the best golf apps out there on the market freewgt.com you have to download from there to be able to participate once you've downloaded the game go to the closest to the whole challenge this week we're doing edgewood tahoe the eighth hole of the challenge that's the eighth hole you play in order not hole number eight just get it as close to the hole as you can and that's all you have to do to compete once you do that just take a screenshot send it in to us at info at the dnvr.com or add us on twitter dnvr avalanche either way you'll be entered for the weekly drawing and for the grand prize drawing which is either avs tickets or a jersey of your choosing if you are out of state so one more time freewgt.com download closest to the whole challenge edgewood tahoe eighth hole of the challenge get out there try and knock it in the hole try and beat our scores this has been a tough one for both of us i think i got it inside 20 feet but it's like a 200 yard shot so still sitting be at 45 feet there you go there you go I so i'm really good at this hole <laughs> it's a chance to beat both of us i think most people usually beat me but aj usually puts up a good score so get in there while you can all right let's jump into the show and cole gets another good righty and another right by cole a left by cole this time tipped in front by mika rentinen Shoots and scars! Nathan McKinnon! Call JT Comfer! 877 goes now! Gabriel Landeskog! Collective hugs! 29 and 92! Save me by Grubauer! Move over, Picasso! This piece of art is by McKinnon, my goodness gracious! <laughs> Welcome into the DNBR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. You can visit any one of their Colorado locations and use their express checkout to get in and out in minutes 
or you can reserve products online at MyGreenSolution.com and use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hayfley. The Avs just defeated the Toronto Maple Leafs 3-1 in Toronto. Mm. Let's start where our last show left off. We said... Philip Grubauer hasn't really stolen a game for the Avs yet this year, and lo and behold, 38 saves, one goal against in Toronto. You can't ask for much more than that, can you? Definitely not. Uh, and then the goal that was given up was totally... Yeah, no hope for Grubauer yeah, on that I mean, one. Grubauer, Grubauer stops that one, and you're like, oh my god. What's happening here? Yeah, he's going full ham beast at that point. Right. It was uh it, it was impressive though. I mean, he what I what I liked the most about it was that it never really felt like he was getting bombarded and he wasn't giving up tons of rebounds. There were some rebounds, but it wasn't like uh it it wasn't like they were just a lot of freebies, you know. It not a lot of really high quality second opportunities uh, for, right. for them to, to, to bang away at the puck and see what they could get. It was, you know, it was, it was a lot of, you know, the rebounds that were there were manageable for everybody, for the defense, for him. Um, it was just a solid performance. Honestly, he was, he was very good. It's you say he never really got bombarded, and I agree in the sense that there weren't long stretches of domination by the Leafs. However, there were spot flurries where the Leafs would get some of those second chance opportunities that he really helped close down on. Yeah, and especially that before that that stretch between about three and a half minutes to go and two minutes. Yeah. Somewhere, somewhere in there, they uh, they definitely started to lay into Colorado a little bit more with that desperation, you know, down by one, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's all those normal things that happen, right? Um, but even then, manageable, right? You know, it didn't it didn't ever look like he was out of position or he was desperate, and they were just getting lucky or the defense bailed him out with 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 a desperation clear. You know, if you if you look at the game in Denver, uh, the Toronto got bailed out when Cody Cece blocked McKinnon's shot with Freddie Anderson wasn't even in the net. Yep. And the Avs didn't have a moment like that tonight. There wasn't really a desperation bailout scramble. Oh, my God. Uh, everybody just kind of did their thing. Cool, calm, and collected. The numbers, uh, I think the numbers are more of a reflection of Toronto's talented offense than anything else. And to, to be honest, thought the abs were pretty good. And Grubauer, certainly, that's what we were talking about. We That's, you know, one where you look back and you're like, yeah, Gruby was easily one of the three stars of this game. Yeah, no doubt about it. He was second on my three standouts. But we'll get to that first guy in a bit. I did want to talk about the defensive structure here, and you mentioned the danger of that Toronto team. Which do you put this on? And I assume you're going to say some of both, but to me, it seemed like either the abs were much better at managing players in front of their own net, 
or the Leafs just weren't going there at all tonight. And it did seem when I was looking for it, like the Avs were tying up sticks in front quite a bit more than they have been. I, I don't think Toronto uh, really aggressively went to the front of the net. I don't, I, I should say they did not do it with physic with physicality. Sure. I think that there were guys that would, you know, like we always saw Kerfoot was always willing to go to the net uh, and, and take abuse, but Colorado's defense doesn't defend that way. They, you know, they don't, they don't beat guys up and punish them for going to that area of the ice. Uh, they, they're much more of a, like you said, just tie up a stick. Like, I don't care that that guy, I don't care all that much that that guy's there. I, I'm just going to make sure that he's not dangerous while he's here. And I think that's what they did. They did a, they did a good job of eliminating the danger right in front of Grubauer and, keeping I, I don't want to say keeping the chances to the perimeter because that that's not what it was but it was keeping the chances from getting too close you know there weren't very many open looks where Grubauer had to really just make the big save um there were a couple I think where he did make some big saves throughout yeah. the game I mean but... not many though I mean you're you're talking and and positionally sound um I just didn't, I did not feel like there were very many notable defensive breakdowns uh, compared to other games. I thought most of the time in which uh, there were either second opportunities or failed clears, things like that. I thought Toronto was responsible, was responsible for making a nice play to create it and less of Colorado at fault for making a poor play. Outside of the one goal against, pretty much, yeah. And even that goal, uh, that's an awesome play. Like the, to, like, Incredible pass by Kerfoot, for sure. Yeah, to, I mean, blindly to just throw that puck there like that, it's like, dude, that's good stuff. And I don't know what Kale McCarr's doing there. Just drifting. Just just drifting off into no man's land. Don't, don't understand what he was up to there. The whole, that was a weak point for McCarr. McCarr played very very well for a lot of this game but that play in particular even before that when he had the puck and he chips it up to Kadri he had his head up he should see the Leafs are overloading that side there I don't remember who it was but someone curled back in behind he had the safety valve to just drop it back the other way he didn't have to play the puck into that yeah I honestly I didn't like McCarr tonight uh defensively I thought moving the puck he was a little slower than normal. There were multiple times where the breakout looked more hesitant than normal. Um, the defensive details really, I thought, lagged behind. Uh, I, I really didn't like uh, a lot of his coverage uh, in his own zone. Uh, I thought I thought he struggled quite a bit. I didn't mind the breakout. I thought that was fine. He had some solid passes. He had that one rush. But I agree with you. The defensive side of things was a bit janky. Yeah, just didn't just didn't like it, man. Um, I just didn't think it was good. Luckily, Sam Gerrard remembered he's good at hockey again, Ooh. and just looked unreal tonight. Couple of couple of them, Sam Gerrard, Nikita Zadora, both. Yeah, there was that pairing was cruising. Uh, yeah, Gerrard breaking it out. I think Evans got a great point. You put him on the right side. You put him on the forehand. Uh, it opens up the ice for him to to make plays across the entire ice and for whatever reason, just looks more comfortable over there. We see that sometimes um, with guys com- being comfortable on their offside. Leave him there, man. Don't get cute. Leave him there. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
he's not having success playing next to Eric Johnson, but he's having success playing Nikita Zadorov. You play him next to Nikita, Nikita Zadorov. Yeah. <laughs> you so, don't have to overthink this. Sometimes the simple answer is the correct one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a pretty easy decision as well. As you kind of mentioned quite a bit, the Avs defensively, I think these two teams matched up fairly evenly tonight, but the Avs did have a lot of people getting involved back on that defensive end. We've talked about defense being a team effort. Mm -hmm. It wasn't perfect. You still saw forwards flying the zone when the Avs get possession or were about to have possession, things like that. But as far as backtracking, the forwards seem to be on it for most of the night. Well, and you're always going to have guys fly the zone a little bit. Right. That's part of what Colorado does to put pressure on opposing teams. It's also part of what Colorado does to alleviate forecheck pressure because teams are respecting Colorado's speed and and skill when they want to get out and, and into open ice. And the way to do that, the best way to defend against that is when they start to put pressure on you to sag off and to, to, to give them a little bit more room. Uh, and and to back back away, and that that means that they have less forecheck pressure. And if they even if they do get a turnover, that means they've got to bring they've got to stop moving backwards and move up the ice. Don Skoy has made a career out of it right now in Colorado <laughs> as the F one who just says, "Okay, I go forward." Right, and you see different teams handle it differently. We saw Chicago last week did not care. Crashed all three forwards into the offensive zone as hard as they could every single time down. And it created endless odd man rushes for Colorado in both of those games. Endless. I mean, it was it was just like a conga line of odd man rushes for the Avs. Toronto handled it a little bit differently. They were they were much more content to believe that their defensemen can skate with Colorado's forwards and have them, you know, have them back out a little bit and Colorado was able to put together a solid breakout pretty consistently uh, to to alleviate that forecheck pressure, and they did a good job. It was a good. It was a good. They worked well within their system and as a unit. Uh, really on top of the details tonight. Really the small things they did well. Yeah, I think that's that's the point that I was kind of trying to get to because especially through the first and and second periods. Both of these teams are fast, and the Avs were just all over the Leafs in the neutral zone, man. I mean, they just smothered them at times. They looked great in the neutral zone. This was one of their better games, I think, uh, in terms of when you consider the talent on hand. Like, what they did against McDavid and Drysaddle last week was great, but what they did against the other three lines is what they should do. Uh, to do what they did tonight against a very, very talented offensive Toronto team who was at 100%. You know, this is no longer a team that's, you know, missing key pieces of its of its forward core. That's a full bore tonight. And Colorado still wasn't, still missing two of their top six guys. Did not matter. We're very good in the neutral zone and at, at slowing it down enough that Toronto did not play very well in transition. They didn't play with very much speed. Um, most of their good opportunities came, uh, came from cycles and you live with that. Like, okay, great. We'll take that. We'll take those chances because teams score, uh, on a lot smaller percentage of cycles than they do transition opportunities. 
straight up, especially teams that are built like the Leafs. Oh, God, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll end the first period of the podcast there. Anytime the Avs win, you know we have to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery and the Avalanche Amber Ale. It's just the beer to drink after a W. It's just what you got to do. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established here in Breckenridge in 1990. The Avalanche for when they win. You know, if you're really feeling like Amber's great beer, I love Amber's, but you might think I'm a little basic and that's fine. I accept that, but you can go out and get a strawberry sky. You can go out and yeah, well, you know, I, you gotta own it. You gotta own it, but not basic (laughs) strawberry sky, not basic, the agave wheat, or maybe you're an IPA person. They have the hop peak as well. So whether you want something complex or something simple, they have you covered top to bottom. You can find them in pretty much every liquor store across the country at this point if they aren't sold out because they're so popular now. It they really seems like they fly off the shelves these days. Mm-hmm. We literally get tweets about them all the time. People people buying up uh, whichever one they is available in their liquor store. Buying all their Breck Brew and going home with it. Like, okay. The one I keep getting tweeted about is everyone's looking for that uh, mini keg of the Christmas ale. Mm, so good. It It is a delicious beer as well. So you, you just cannot go wrong is my point. And if you're really looking for it, come hang out with us. The Breckenridge event calendar over on dnvr.com has all of our events scheduled. We have Breck Brew at all of them. So if you need it, come have a good time with us and get some. All right. We'll be back in a second. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. I'm Rudo. He's AJ. You kind of mentioned the Avs weren't at full strength for this game despite hanging with the Leafs so well. Probably undeniable. Getting Matt Calvert back certainly helped that, and it didn't look like he missed a single step. Him and Belmar were right back to their relentless ways against this Leafs team. That dude's a badass. (laughs) <laughs> I knew when the Avs signed Matt Calvert, I was very excited about it. And I was very lonely in feeling that way because I was very familiar with Calvert from his Columbus days. And I knew Avs fans were going to love this guy. What I did not see coming was Matt Calvert being this much of a difference maker in the bottom six. Yeah, it's it was very night and day with particularly on the forecheck and with the aggression, how much pressure he puts on other teams. Yeah, <laughs> what a pain in the ass that guy is. That's the I best mean, way to put it, really. Yeah, he gets in. He gets in the goalie's face. He just little pokes here, little pokes there. But he's not like, you know, there are some guys that like they have to do that, and you can tell it's very manufactured, like Tom Wilson, Milan Lucic types. Um, where and and to an extent, Matt Kachuk, Sam Bennett. Now that I'm just like making this list, and I'm like, I hate all these dudes. It's, I mean, some of those guys they do it to a certain extent, but they lean into the role and and go over the top with it. Right, they play the heel and. Calvert doesn't take it that far. He just does. He just does it a little bit here and there. You know, he just, it's pokes, little pokes, 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 little pokes. 
Like uh, like in the Avengers movie when uh, Tony Stark is trying so hard to to get the Hulk to come out when they're on the we're on the helicarrier, and he's like poking him with the little stuff, and and it's just like little jabs all the time trying to get it out of him. Right? I feel like that's what Matt Calvert does. He it's just like nonstop, like just little ribbing, right, and just wears people down, and then also happens to be good at hockey. It happens to be 12 points in 20 games this season. I mean, he said his goal was to get 30 points this yeah. year, right? I so. have him on record saying I'd love to hit 30 this year. 30 is my goal and looking good. I mean, on his way, on his way. I feel, boy, it feels like 18 is an awful lot left, right? But then it's like, it's December 4th. Right. <laughs> Picked up another point. So stupid. (laughs) It's so stupid, man. Everything is going right, even when it's going wrong. This team is so talented and so dumb to watch sometimes. Like, I think about halfway through this game, I was like, yep, they're going to win. You know what? You know what I was doing when Nichushkin scored the shorthanded goal? I jumped in the shower because I was like, oh. I'm going to go jump in the shower real quick because they're going to score a shorthanded goal and I'm going to hop out and it's going to be two to one. And that's exactly what happened. It was the stupidest (laughs) thing. (laughs) It was was so stupid. And like the team is so good, man, that it's just like, oh, I'm going to disappear for a few minutes because I know I can go and do this. I will come back. They will be in the lead and it will be awesome. It's I'm. I don't know, man. I know. I just like. I had like a little mental breakdown just now. But this is such a fun hockey team to watch. Guys like Matt Calvert, Pierre Edouard Belmar. I mean, Valerie Nichushkin could not play in the NHL last year, and that guy was awesome tonight. There's like there's process, and then there's whatever that was from Val Nichushkin tonight. That was awesome. He had like eight shot attempts. He was all over the place. Every single shift he was out there. And you're like, dude, is 13 like an all-star? That's that's exactly the relentless type of attitude that he lacked in Dallas, right? He has come to this organization and has done everything right. And over the past couple of weeks, all of a sudden, everything's fallen into place for him. And he just can do no wrong. It's And it's not just him, you know? Right. Why do you, why is it different? Okay. And I'm going to say this and I'm, and I don't mean any disrespect to Dallas, but why is it different for him here? Why uh, do you, why, what, what do you surmise is different for him here? I mean, my suspicion is it's a bit of a systems thing to start. Number two, no expectations at all. He was not the Avs 10th overall pick. It's not not unlike the EJ situation when the Avs went out and got EJ and they're like, look, we didn't draft you first overall. Just come here and be a good defenseman for us. Or Tyson Jost in New Jersey. <laughs> he said it, <laughs> not me. Honestly, one thing that I think is different for him here, what Dallas solid organization, solid hockey team. Do we all forget what happened last year? Like, their president went on the record, invited the media to come in so that they could, he could specifically tear down their two biggest stars. Yep. You don't see that. You don't see that happening here. Joe Sackigan calling me up and saying, hey, I need you to stop by the office 
come in, turn your recorder on and sit down so I can rip McKinnon and Landeskog. None of that's happening. You know what's happening is those guys are setting a tone. And that tone is getting followed throughout the locker room. And this is where this is where the disconnect happened in previously talented Avs teams is that they are setting a tone and they are setting they have built a culture of expectations and accountability where they say, look, we expect you to play this hard every single night. You will not be part of this lineup. You know, we need you to get by while we have injuries. But as soon as we get healthy, we're jettisoning you. You out. You scratched. You can't get we can't get 100 percent out of you. Even 90% of the nights, because you're human and asking for 100% and 100% and not realistic. Even 90% of the nights, 80% of the nights, you're not going to be here. Yeah, you're either all in or you're all out. What we saw from Nachushkin early in the season, that roller coaster. When he was engaged, he was effective. When he wasn't engaged, he was a ghost. And then there was like 10 games where it was like, you know, he's honestly, he's been fine. Haven't had any complaints, no points, no production, no nothing. But you were like, look, like he's been fine. And then he just kept hammering away at the process. Committed every single day. Committed. Maniac. Going out there, not finding any success. Guys carrying around 90 games without a frigging goal. 90 games. And then he scores. And all of a sudden, it was like Atlas just lifted up the earth, shot put it to somebody else, and was like, all right. Now that I'm now that I'm free of that of those of those shackles, what's next? And all of a sudden, this big bad Russian MFer looks awesome. I mean, he looks like he is he's that's a that's a that's a game changing guy on your bottom six all of a sudden. Like that's a dude who went out tonight and dominated Toronto. All the skill on the ice and Val Nachushkin took that game over. What the Val, hell? Val Nachushkin is Strava Craft Coffee. I mean, the guy I, in a game with Miko Rantanen and Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCard, John Tavares, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, Morgan Riley, Val Nachushkin took over. Really? Eight shot attempts, five shots on goal in the game. It was looking like one of those games where his process is great and he just can't get over the hump of actually putting it in the back of the net. And then he does it shorthanded. I mean, this is. It's at the point where I don't ever want to criticize the front office again. They you name a miss from this offseason. You can't legitimately. Like their only miss was losing the friggin draft lottery. Straight up. That's it. And they had no control over that. I I don't know what to say about this team right now, man. This is they're on a four-game winning streak. They've had three winning streaks of at least three games already this season. They've only had one losing streak that's lasted beyond two games. And the majority of this comes with two players in their top six injured, whether it be Landeskog, Rant, and Burakovsky, whoever. Yeah, I mean, and and Landeskog and Ranton and out for yeah. the majority of the season up to this point. So and it doesn't matter. So, Miko Ranton has seventeen points in eleven games. Overrated, my ass. Get get out of here. Overrated. If you have a statistical model that says that Miko Ranton is overrated, you need to break it back down and rebuild it because it's garbage. <laughs> 
And like I have said a thousand times that I think those guys do great work, cutting edge stuff. But that's but that's off the, it's it's off off, the mark, yeah. right? Cutting edge sometimes off the edge. Sometimes you just miss. You know, you got Alex Kerfoot as a selkie candidate, and and your conclusion is that Miko Ranton and worth nine million dollars a year. Just get the hell out. You, it's bad. It's just it's just garbage. And don't tell me points are overrated. The, the whole point of the game is to score goals. And the abs are right now, the abs are among the very best in the NHL scoring goals. They're not even at hundred percent. I I don't I don't I'm not typically one with tons of optimism going into the second night of a back to back like they are tomorrow, but they're getting Landeskog and Burakovsky back, and it's like, you know what? That alone could energize this whole group to the point where, again, going back to the Avengers movie, because I just watched it last night, obviously. Where, where Thor accidentally charges up Iron Man to 400% energy levels. That's what Colorado could look like tomorrow in the first period. Oh, snap. We have replaced Logan O'Connor and TJ Tynan in our lineup with Gabe Landeskog and Andre Burakovsky. No offense to those guys, but huge upgrade. And now we're going to go ham because we're healthy. We haven't been healthy since we were, they, they, what, they were 8-0-1 at the time? Like, they haven't been healthy for, for a regulation loss, basically all season. All right, great. Now go out there and, and just start waffle stomping. And you got a soft part of the schedule to do it. Montreal, not very good. No, sir. Good a time as any. Just keep winning. Just keep just keep dominating. You got a soft part of schedule. I mean, it's just, how exciting is this? Like, I'm legitimately, like, amped up. Can we just fast forward? I want to watch them play again. Is it 5 p.m. tomorrow? <laughs> Straight up, man. I'm like, come on. Let's do it. I'm, you know. I know I'm a little hopped up and high energy tonight, but like I want to get to tomorrow. I want to watch. I want to see what these guys can do. At this point, anything's possible. Valerie Nachush can just score a game-winning goal, shorthanded to win a game. All right, great. All bets are off. I'm I'm open for anything. This is gonna be this is gonna, it's gonna be awesome. I am so ready for this team to get healthy and to make a nasty run and to put stupid, dumb base St. Louis in the rearview mirror. And, and just start to dominate. I'm so ready because the team is capable of it. This is the hype we needed for sure. All right. We'll end the second period of this Avs podcast right there with AJ just throwing down the gauntlet, basically. When you can watch this team, if you have the opportunity to get on it, because they are legitimately just fun to watch right now. Really good at putting rubber into nets. So it's time to talk about Denver Rubber Company. They are the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects since 1972. They provide the highest quality of products, whether it be custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, snowplow rubber, hoses, anything made out of rubber, basically. You already see all the snow on the ground. Most of this last big snowstorm has melted, but there will always be another one here in Colorado. Always the threat of snow at any time, and they can cut to size and pre-slot pretty much any type of snowplow rubber you need. The blades can be cut to any length, and they can be slotted for mounting to whatever your exact specifications may be. And they can mass-produce them if that's what you need, or if you just need something custom for your individual thing, they can do that as well. You can buy for yourself and bulk at a fantastic rate. They're a family-owned business, 
just like us here at DNVR with loyalty only to the people. Be sure to call them today for any of those snowplow needs or hoses, rubber gaskets, you name it. You can reach them at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash DNVR. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. I'm still Ruto. He's still AJ. We are still mm. out of our minds on this Avs team because they're just insanely good. And as AJ alluded to, it starts at the top. Nathan McKinnon now on an eight-game point streak. Goals in five games in a row. I believe it's eight. 18 points across those eight games. Let me call them up here. 7, 9, 10, 11, 13, 16, and 2 tonight. So, yeah, 18 points in eight games. What? <laughs> Excuse me, Nathan McKinnon? Are you going to win the Hart Trophy this year? 136-point pace right now. That's hard to argue with. Granted, McDavid and Dreisaitl are still ahead of him, but he's going to catch him pretty quick at this rate. That's all I'm saying. That's where you hope that they take votes from each other. Right, exactly. Just like Rantanen took away from McKinnon against Hall. Mm-hmm. So you can only hope that fair is fair. Edmonton is a West Coast team, so no East Coast bias here, at least. They got that going for them. Yeah, they'll just have the Canadian media thing where we're like, oh, well, we watched McDavid on Sportsnet 75 times this year. Yeah, yeah, it's true. To be fair, McKinnon has been murdering Canadian teams this year. I mean, there's just a couple of teams he hasn't murdered, right? That's fair, fair argument. He, you know, he's got points against most teams this year. It's what, still four games that he hasn't scored in of 27 or 26? Yeah, 27. (laughs) Dallas, Arizona, Columbus. Edmonton. Uh, Yeah, and then at Edmonton. And then, well, I mean, he turned around and made up for that. Yeah, obviously the next time they played. Mm -hmm. Ten shots on What a beast. Yep, four games in which he didn't score a point, and it happened uh, four. It was in it was in a six game stretch, and he still had eight points in those six in uh, in that time, in those six games because his two games in which he scored points were four point nights. <laughs> <laughs> He's so stupid. Like I said, this team is stupid. It, it really is. It's it's given us giggle fits because it's just a fun team to watch. I don't. Uh, top to bottom, you have Nathan McKinnon going off whenever he decides he wants to. You have Matt Calvert just making teams hate their lives on the bottom end alongside Belmar. And then you have everyone sandwiched in the middle, whether it's Kadri or Burkowski or Donskoy or whoever. Instead of going into a game saying, oh, we're going to need a goal out of their depth tonight or whatever, the Avs can go into every game saying, we expect a goal out of our depth tonight. True. And True. that's if you're Jared Bednar, you got to love that feeling that, that makes a coach's job real easy. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, man, I mean, what, what more can you say about it? They they produce every night. Somebody from that group produces. Yeah, it's uh, let me actually I got to look this up. I want to see what their scoring has looked like. Because. Since so, since the nine four Nashville game, we'll we'll have that as an outlier. <laughs> Draw a line in the sand because everybody went ham that night, right? 
the abs have scored at least three goals in every single game but two and that's four eight ten eleven games now so nine of the last 11 games they've scored at least three goals in multiple they've scored five or more that is top end production in the nhl it's as simple as that well and that's that's why it's like okay rantanin's coming back and lannis coming back burkowski's coming back but you don't expect scoring to really go up right where's it gonna go scoring so much that they can take third periods off this is why i've said that the the scoring i think you don't think about so much but defensively they should get much better particularly with landis there right i mean burkowski was his start out the year really solid defensively too he did he did it's the team is scary to to think about no one in the nhl wants to play this team right now i can guarantee you that Hey, why would you? You wouldn't. You you know you're about to get beat <laughs> down, basically. I mean, you're you're talking about you're talking about a team that even in just look at the lineup tonight. Top line can do whatever it wants. You already know that. The second line with Kadri, Nieto, and Comfer. I mean, with Kadri there, it's always going to be a danger. The third line tonight dominated the game, as we've talked about, with Belmar, uh, Calvert, and Nichushkin. And the fourth line did absolutely nothing and was a total ghost, and it mattered not. Pretty much. And, like, I think McCarr was probably their worst defenseman tonight, and that's not even, like, with me saying I think he was terrible or anything. Just I thought he was their worst defenseman tonight, and I think that's a testament to how well the unit as a whole played. And McCarr got a point. By the way, yeah. So did I mean so did Miko and didn't even yeah. really notice him. Right. That point, no problem. So when players are having <laughs> bad nights and still getting points, you're doing pretty good. Um, you'll take it. Yeah, yeah. You'll more than take it. I, I think, especially <laughs> when it's a, a guy with less than thirty games under his belt. But I just I. I'm trying to nitpick as much as I can for bad things in this game. The fourth line was pretty invisible. That's to be expected with Logan O'Connor and TJ Tynan. They're NHL tweeners. Let's be real. It's just what they are. The second line, Kadri had his moments. I think Comfer and Nieto did struggle a little bit throughout the game. But even then, you know, Comfer was able to lock things down on defense a couple of times. Kadri nearly put it into the empty net about four times. <laughs> I love that on the third one, he was like, no, nah, I'll pass. <laughs> Not this time. Yeah, he he almost gets it the first time. Not even close the second time. And he was like, all right, that's the universe telling me it's not happening. I'll just make the play. <laughs> yeah. So, it, again, you know, you, you point out the one goal against and you say, all right. There were mistakes there. That play could have been executed better. But you give up one goal a game. You have one critical mistake a game. You're going to win almost every night. I, I I think this particular team would win every night. Yeah, the one that showed up in this game. That's so. – yeah, I – I don't know. I, I have nothing left to say, AJ. Final thoughts on this Avs team at this point? I, I mean, honestly, this is they're on a four-game winning streak. Uh, they look great. This could all come crashing down, and tomorrow's cast could be depression cast. And then Friday morning, we're banging the table for Taylor Hall to come and save everything. 
So, you know, sports sports happen. They they come at you fast. They they are unpredictable and they're special. And we've been talking about it for three months now that this team has the potential to be special. And I think we're, we're just, we're watching it. Get hype while you can. You know, I always preach even keel, but sometimes you got to ride that roller coaster, baby. And right now it's a fun roller coaster to be on. Absolutely. I mean, (laughs) fandom, fandom is fun. Sports are fun. You're on a four. The ads are on a four game winning streak. Uh, They've, they've won like, what eight of their last 10, something like that. Like eight of their last 11, I believe. Yeah. They're, they're rocking and rolling, man. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit back and like, not tonight anyway, because they played really well and against a really good team. And I'm not going to awesome to watch too. really entertaining hockey game. Great point. I'm yeah. not, I'm not going to sit here and like nitpick like, Oh, that one time Ian Cole to, to turn that puck over or what and, and like I thought Ian Cole's really good tonight. And I can't believe Mitch Mar- Mitch Marner took that goal away from him. <laughs> that was messed up. <laughs> that was messed up. Well, you know. And I love I love that people were like, oh, how stupid of him to block that shot. He just came back from a ankle injury. And it's like, eh, you're not thinking about that in the moment. <laughs> The Avs fan base watched Matt Calvert block a shot with his head two weeks ago. Right. Like, Mitch Marner's not sitting there thinking about his ankle and like, oh, what's best for me? Yeah. You know, I think think that that Toronto team, because they paid, they were willing to pay those players so much money. I think that Toronto team gets drilled with the prima donna label and, oh, they, they give up too easily and they're soft and they're this and they're that. And like, that's a flawed hockey team. But it's a really talented hockey team. And I like that the Avs beat them tonight in a straight-up head-to-head, you know, and there wasn't anything particularly fluky. There wasn't anything weird. They just beat them. Colleen, top to bottom. No yeah. fast count. Great. great. And it was, a, it was a very entertaining game. I, I, I wish – screw Montreal. Run it back tomorrow. Let them stay in Toronto and do it again. There you go. <laughs> Make Montreal come to Toronto to play the Avs. No, just skip Montreal together. I don't care about Carey Price. I mean, does anybody at this point? I don't, I don't care about watching any of those guys. Let's watch those two teams play again. That was fun, man. I, it was a fun <laughs> hockey game to watch. It was. It, it was legitimately just enjoyable either way. When it was a 1-1 game in the third period, that was just fun hockey. That's all I got to say on it. I guess we already did this with with Val Nachushkin, but the Avs playing like this is what, AJ? Life changing. (laughs) You know what? Sure. Strava Craft Coffee may also be life changing for you if you suffer from something like migraines, back pain, or arthritis. It really could make a huge difference for you. Highly recommend you check it out or at least check out their reviews as there are tons of people that can vouch for just how much that product has helped them in one way or another. As Strava Craft says, drink deeply 
live fully, they can really hook you up with that CBD coffee. It is not psychoactive. It just helps relieve pain, things like that. If you're thinking about it, just try it out. Trust me. See how it works. You will very likely enjoy it. That's it. That's all I got. It was a fun show. It was a fun game. It was a fun everything. Hope all of you enjoy your nights or whenever you're listening to this. Hope you're enjoying your day. And we will talk to you again tomorrow. You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you oughta, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom... Come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team. We'll talk about your least favorite team and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network.